Wednesday, November the 4th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by Raytheon Technologies. Coming up, America's election on a knife edge and Ant's giant IPO suspended. First, the world in brief. Polls have closed in America's presidential election. The country is on course for a record turnout. After attending five rallies on Monday, President Donald Trump returned to the White House to await the results. Joe Biden finished his campaign in Pennsylvania, the state most likely to determine who wins the presidency, according to our election model. The count so far seems to suggest Mr. Trump has done well in the South, where he looks on course to win Florida, Georgia and North Carolina. It is too early to say if Mr. Biden has clawed back an advantage in the crucial states of the Midwest. Shanghai Stock Exchange halted the IPO of Ant Group, the world's largest fintech company, less than two days before the Chinese firm's scheduled listing. The IPO on both the Shanghai and Hong Kong exchanges, expected to be worth $37 billion, was suspended due to material matters relating to the regulatory interview of Jack Ma, Ant's founder, and other executives the day before. In a sign that China's economic recovery is accelerating, even as much of the world is being hit by another wave of lockdowns, the country's cakes-in-slash-market-services purchasing managers index in October rose to its highest level since June. Last month's reading hit 56.8, up from September's 54.8, where any figure over 50 indicates expansion. Bayer revealed a thumping loss before interest and tax of 9.4 billion euros, 11 billion dollars, for the three months to the end of September. The German chemicals giant was driven deep into the red by 9.3 billion euros of write-downs on its agrochemicals business, plus a further 750 million euros in extra liabilities arising from claims alleging its Roundup weed killer causes cancer. Police in Austria arrested 14 possible accomplices to a man who rampaged through Vienna with an assault rifle on Monday. He killed four people and wounded 22 before police shot him dead. He was identified as a 20-year-old North Macedonian, born and raised in Austria, who had recently been imprisoned for having sought to join Islamic State in Syria. Qatar announced a step towards participatory government as the emir Sheikh Tomim bin Hamad Al Thani said elections to choose two-thirds of the shura and advisory body will be held next year. The constitution of 2003 calls for the council's powers to be expanded to include the ability to fire ministers, but that has not happened yet. And Ivory Coast's Electoral Commission announced that Alassane Ouattara had won a third term as president, with more than 94% of Saturday's vote. Presidents are limited to two terms, but Mr Ouattara insists that the new constitution adopted in 2016 means his first term did not count. Opposition groups boycotted the election, and more than 30 people have died in violent clashes. And now, here's today's agenda. How to spend it. Election night in America. Voters have become accustomed to finding out late on election night who their next president will be. But this was always an illusory product of television networks' habit of calling states for a candidate based on early returns and exit polls. This year requires caution. A record-busting 100 million ballots have been cast early. Some states like Arizona, Florida, North Carolina and Texas have been processing them early. Others begin only today. Some will announce in-person votes first, which are likely to come from sparsely populated places favouring President Donald Trump, creating a red mirage. Later votes will be more likely to favour Joe Biden. An early blowout looks unlikely. Florida, one battleground, seems to be headed for Mr Trump, 
whereas Arizona appears as though it is flipping to Mr. Biden. All eyes will be on the northern states of Michigan, Pennsylvania and Wisconsin, where, as in 2016, the race is unnervingly close. Both alike in dignity. The race for Congress. The Democratic Party's hopes of swiftly recapturing the Senate were dashed. They were eyeing four key seats in particular. Colorado was an early flip for them after John Hickenlooper, a former governor, defeated Cory Gardner, the incumbent. But Alabama, where they lost, has always seemed an unlikely hold. In 2017, the Democratic incumbent only narrowly beat a Republican accused of sexually assaulting a minor. Arizona and Maine, the other two, should report results shortly. Arizona is the surer bet. Our model thinks Mark Kelly, the Democrat, has a 6 in 7 chance of unseating Martha McSally. Maine will be close. Susan Collins, the Republican incumbent, has a 1 in 3 chance of keeping her seat. Even if the Democrats win in both, they will be stopped one short of a 50 50 Senate. Meanwhile, they are almost certain to keep the House. Our model puts their chances of holding on to their majority at more than 19 in 20. A return to violence. Terrorism in Europe. The attack in Vienna on Monday, in which a jihadist gunman murdered four people, follows a spate of terrorism in Europe. Recent killings in Dresden, Paris and Nice recall a bloody spell of attacks in 2015 to 2016. But since then, Islamist terrorism in Europe has declined. Between 2017 and 2019, the total number of failed, foiled or completed attacks fell every year. Though many feared that a flood of returning fighters from Iraq and Syria would wreak havoc, that has not happened. In fact, none of the recent suspects is thought to have travelled there. But extremists with looser jihadist ties continue to turn violent. Online propaganda plays a role. Suspects in Dresden and Vienna had also recently been released from prison, where many are further radicalised. The problem is likely to get worse. In France, almost half of the jihadists who were convicted in the past six years will be released within the next two. Test of Faith LGBT Rights and Religion Today, Amy Coney Barrett's first weighty oral argument as America's 115th Supreme Court Justice takes up a quandary of conflicting rights. Catholic Social Services, a foster agency, contends that Philadelphia violated its religious liberty when, in 2018, the city stopped sending children its way. Philadelphia responds that because CSS does not work with same-sex couples, it violates a rule barring discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation. With a 6-3 conservative majority, the court seems destined to side with the foster agency. The question is how. It could rule narrowly by saying Philadelphia expressed unconstitutional hostility towards CSS. Or the court could go big, abandoning Employment Division v Smith, a 30-year-old precedent written by Antonin Scalia, Justice Barrett's former boss. Smith says that neutral laws applying to everybody do not violate the First Amendment, even if they unwittingly impinge on religious exercise. If the court overrules Smith, religious accommodations in America will grow and gay rights will take a back seat. The Cold Shoulder Ethiopia's Regional Dispute Today, Ethiopia's central government is due to disperse its monthly grant to all nine states by one. Tigray. Abe Ahmed, the Prime Minister, is locked in a bitter power struggle with the state's rulers, the Tigrayan People's Liberation Front. They called the shots within the federal government for close to three decades before Abe ousted them in 2018. 
Last month, MPs voted to cut all contact with the regional government after its leaders defied the centre by holding local elections which the Prime Minister had deemed unconstitutional. The federal government has since withheld welfare payments to the region and seems to be mulling armed intervention. The TPLF says that slashing federal subsidies amounts to a declaration of war and demands Abe steps down. Many observers fret the road to conflict is now set. That would be both tragic and ironic. A little over a year ago, Abe was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Will Rogers, who was born on this day in 1879. The American people are a very generous people and will forgive almost any weakness, with the possible exception of stupidity. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.